Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and we're remixing and trying something new. I'm going to try this daily challenge. We're going to see how long it lasts. I don't know if this is going to be a daily challenge for the weekday, daily challenge for the weekend, daily challenge, period. So, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to get back right, build a routine. So, podcasting has become part of my routine. So, I'm going to try this daily challenge where I see how long I can give y'all one episode a day. And the easiest way to give y'all one episode a day is basically just do a recap of the NBA season so far. Like do an NBA re- recap of the games that happened the night before. Now here's the challenge with this because that means I got to be staying up very late, which I did last night, stay up to like midnight. And I'm going to be waking up really early, which I did this morning, which I woke up at four in the morning. So <laughs> I'm not promising y'all this is going to last a month, two months, three months, or however long. I'm not even promising y'all this might last two days, three days, four days. We're going to have to see how the Adrian of tomorrow feels. But we are starting day one of this challenge. And so anyways, like I said, I'm your host. And let's get into it. We had We had some good games last night. Obviously, I can't watch every game start to finish because a lot of these games are on at the same time. So for the most part, you have me flipping back and forth between games, going back and forth. I have NBA League Pass, but I think I can only have four games at once playing. And so I got like four games playing. I'm looking around, still going back and forth because I can't watch ESPN and TNT or any games that are nationally televised on League Pass. Like I'll go switch back to my other channel for doing that. So the first game I want to discuss um from last night is the hornets cavaliers now this game was so strange because i told one of my homies one of my homies he likes to bet and everything he was talking about it he was like yo should he asked me and one of my other homies should i bet on the cavaliers tonight he said because the odds are like the he said i might even bet on the hornets because the the odds for the hornets winning are crazy like why 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 are the Cavs a heavy favorite? I'm like, well, of course the Cavs are the heavy favorite. You know, the Cavs are balling out. They're a top five team in the East. You know, the Hornets, they're under 500. They've been struggling a little bit. Yeah, they started out kind of hot, but they've been struggling. So I, I was like, if I was a betting man, I was putting my money down. I would definitely put my money down on the Cavaliers. He was like, okay, I'll throw a couple bucks down. Beginning of the game, it looked like we were going to be right. I was like, yeah, see, because the game started off. And like the first, in the very few, like the first couple of minutes, it looked like the Cavs were going to be dominating because they were going inside, they were going into the paint. Um, they they were going to Jared Allen early, Evan Mobley, and just to having that two big lineup in the paint, there wasn't much Plumlee could do. And then when the Kevin Love subbed in, Kevin Love had like he was posting up, had a nice little pass to Jared Allen, and then they were just and it laid up because they had Miles Bridges guarding. Marlon Bridges plays the power forward for them. So that means, or actually, P.J. Washington does, but Miles Bridges was guarding the power forward for a good portion of this game. So you have him right there, so he's getting posted up. they obviously going to bring a little help. They were just dip, dishing it off, and it looked good at first. I was like, okay. But then the Hornets started you go, going on a nice little run, and they just didn't look back after their run. And the craziest part about their run is LaMelo didn't play. 
Lamelo. Well, he played. I think it was like a little under eight minutes this game. Like it was like seven or eight minutes he played this game. He got in early foul trouble. He didn't come, and then once he got like I think he like picked up like three or four fouls early. They took him out of the game. The Hornets go on a nasty run, and then they're up by so much they're like, well, we don't really have to put Lamelo back in the game. We can use this as a rest game for Lamelo because we're up. And once they got the lead, they really they they once they got the lead, they they really again didn't didn't look back. They didn't lose a single quarter. They thoroughly just washed the Cavaliers. It was surprising for me. I mean, I'm all for the loss because as a Celtics fan, the Cavs are um we we that game made the, me us and the Cavs tied for the fifth seed. Like we're both we're both neck and neck for the fifth seed. So if we win our next game, they lose their next game. Um, we're gonna be the soul for the fifth seed, and they're gonna go down to six seed. Same vice versa. So I'm all for it. I just thought this Cavs game was surprising. Um, you had Isaiah Thomas make his debut. He had ten points. He didn't. I mean, you know what you're getting from Isaiah Thomas. He had a nice little ISO against Jared Allen when Jared Allen switched onto him, where he sized him up, hit a step back jumper, and it looked good. And I'm all for the feel-good story of Isaiah Thomas, especially being a Celtics fan. I love Isaiah Thomas. I rock with him. But, I mean, we just keep repeating this cycle where Isaiah Thomas gets caught up from the G League after dropping 50 and 40-point games back-to-back-to-back. Okay, cool. He comes up here. He doesn't really do what they're expecting him to do because being a 5'9 guard that's not really a playmaker, all you're really bringing is scoring – and you are a good shooter, but you're not a great shooter to where you're just like shooting 40% from the three and just pulling up and just killing it that way. So a good portion of Isaiah Thomas's baskets are like dribble pull-ups or drives to the lane. Like he, 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 he like again, he can shoot, but he's not, he's not a lethal three-point shooter. He's, he's never been just like a lethal three-point shooter. You just look at his entire career, like. I watched him when he was in Boston, and he was shooting like 37% from the three, and it's like, oh, but he's still cooking. Nobody nobody cares because he's averaging like almost 30 a game, but so it, it doesn't really matter. He just He's just not the greatest three-point shooter, and that's fine. You don't have to be a great three-point shooter to be the Thrive in the NBA. However, if you're not a good three-point shooter, and you're not a good playmaker, and you're awful defensively, there's only so much you can truly do on the court. Because of his height, he doesn't get the leeway of other players. So if he was like 6'7", and he'd be like, okay, it's fine if he's putting up subpar moments because people try to break, oh, well, he's better than X player in the league, he's better than X player in the league, and it's like, yeah, but context matters. Like, he's 5'9", this player is 6'7". So who are you going to take? Are you going to take the 5'9 guard that can give you, you know, 8 to 10 points a game, 14 points a game, but it's not going to be really in the flow of the offense. It's kind of like going to be like ISO buckets. It's not going to be like catch and shoot buckets because he got a he, he's a volume scorer. He's he's a volume scorer. And so he's not he's not good being a in those situations where he's like, okay, well, put him in a Kyle Korver situation where we're like, you're only going to get this many shots a game, but we need you to be extremely efficient in this situation. It's like, okay, Isaiah Thomas isn't that kind of player. He's like, I can get you 20 if you give me 15, 20 shots. I can get you 20. And like, yeah, 
but you're not you're not worth that at this point in your career. Again, people are targeting him defensively. Like you said, he's not bringing much playmaking-wise. So, again, as much of a feel-good story it is, we have to let go of this Isaiah Thomas hype and just, you know, face face, face it. Face it that he's just not – He's just not going to be a legit NBA player in this league anymore. I, I know he keeps dropping, going off in the G League, but that just shows the difference in the G League and the NBA. Like, you see, I mean, well, you see people all the time, like those G League players, they'll go off and they'll come in the league and they're getting, like, DMPs and stuff like that. Or when they get in, they're getting, like, two, four, six points a game on bad efficiency. Like, we just saw Nick Stiles, like, he had 50, and it, like he has 100 points over 100 points in two games like cool but he flamed out of the league like there that's what i'm saying you have to you have to be able to play in your situation like that but anyways let's jump into the next game this is a game um i was actually really enjoying i I really enjoyed it uh i i turned it off once so i didn't watch the comeback because i turned it off before the comeback it's the excuse me it's the orlando magic indiana pacer game so uh you know you got Tyrese Halliburton, all of them. I'm I'm all I'm rocking with Indiana because I love that Tyrese Halliburton train. I'm a big fan of his. So of course I turned the game on early. I was tweeting about it. I was like, yeah, I'm all excited about it and everything. Markel Fultz is back. He played well. He had 11 points on five or six shooting. He looked good. Franz Wagner, he looked good as well. The rookie, he had 28 tonight. He went crazy. You see Mo Bamba getting minutes and getting legit play. Eight and nine shooting, had 19 and 12. Wendell Carter Jr. went off with 13 and 18 boards. And it's just like it was a it was a good game. Like it was it was a good game seeing these young guys that a lot of people have given up on. So you see, even on the other side, you see Indiana with Jalen Smith. The Suns, like, yeah, he started coming back a little bit, but a lot of people had already written Jalen Smith off as a bust. They were like, oh, he's not contributing. He's not what we thought he was, blah, blah, blah. He had 15 and 15 this game. He even hit a three. And said Wendell Carter Jr., the Bulls gave up on him. Well, obviously, you do, but you get Vucevic, but they were kind of giving up on him. Mo Bamba, a lot of people have written him off. That's what I'm saying. You see these people, they came over here. Mar- again, go back to Marco Fultz, people read, um, wrote him off, and they just went crazy today, and it was a good – it was a good game, and it was an entertaining game because neither one of these teams are going to even fight for a playing team. Neither one of these teams are good, but basketball is fun right now. Basketball was – like, this was two bad teams, and usually when you see two bad teams, like, this is the number 13 and number 15 seed in the East – nobody usually wants to watch these games. Nobody really cares about these games. Like, oh, we don't want to watch, like, two poverty-stricken teams. But this was exciting. This was an exciting game to watch. Like, it was looking good. Indiana was looking good at first. Tyrese Halliburton was hooping. Uh, I was When I was tweeting about it, like, you saw Tyrese Halliburton. He had a nice layup. He comes on court. He gets a steal. Goes on court. Dunks. I was rocking with it the whole way um, until – um, the Magic went on a nasty run. They went on a nasty run. I think it got up to like 18. And I was like, hold up. I'm not about to watch it anymore if it's going to be a blowout because I'm all for watching good basketball, but blowouts are kind of in for me. So I, started, I was like, you know, let me just go ahead and change to another game. So I changed the channel to another game. And then I was like, hold on, let me go peek back, back, we'll see what's going on with this game. Come back, and it's a two-point game. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, what happened? 
So then I started watching it, the rest of it, everything, just to see they end up going into overtime. And it was just, it was a excite again, exciting basketball. I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, I believe this. Yeah, this one did go into overtime. I had to go back and look. Cause I remember, um, I think it was Malcolm Brogdon missed. I think Malcolm Brogdon missed the layup or missed the game winner. They end up going in overtime. Anyways, Indiana prevailed. They end up winning this game. I'm all for this as well because I want to. I'll actually. I'd rather see Indiana lose more. I want them to have a better lottery spot, but. I still like to see this good basketball. It was fun basketball. Then you got the Knicks and the 76ers. James Harden has his home debut ever since being with Philly. He's been away games all the time. This is his first home game. Uh, you saw R.J. Barrett go off. R.J. Barrett has been hooping lately. And I know a lot of NBA Twitter is like, oh, R.J. Barrett's not getting the um, recognition he deserves because he was a third pick. Everybody only talks about Zion and John Moran. And yes, to an extent, you are correct. But here's the difference. Well, Zion, we saw what he was capable of doing. You're like, oh, my God, this guy could be a top 10 player in the NBA. And you saw that his rookie year. Ja is the number one option in leading his franchise. You saw him lead him to a play-in, like, push, even though they didn't, like, it didn't end up doing everything. They ended up getting knocked out and everything. You see them this year going crazy. The Memphis Grizzlies are a top three team in the West, uh, a top three team in the NBA. Like they're 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 going crazy right now. The difference with RJ Barrett right now is RJ Barrett is hooping, but the Knicks are losing. They're the 12th seed, and he's the second option supposedly behind Julius Randle. So, of course, a number two option isn't going to get the same praise as the number one option on a playoff team. Yes, I do believe that, especially with him being in New York, the R.J. Barrett should get more recognition. But I think the Knicks are just getting a lot of hate, excuse me, period, because of how bad they're underperforming, especially after what happened last year, and Julius Randle being awful. So Julius Randle playing poorly it's kind of overshadowing R.J. Barrett playing well. Everybody's talking about how bad Julius Randle is, how bad the Knicks are, that you're kind of getting blinded and you're kind of missing out on what R.J. Barrett's out there doing. Like I said, he dropped 30 tonight. He looked really good. Julius Randle had an okay game, too. He had 24. Mitchell Robinson played well as well. Cam Reddish actually got minutes today. He actually got a significant amount of minutes. I was happy to see that, even though he didn't do anything too crazy. I was still happy to see Cam Reddish play. This big three, though, for the 76ers has been going crazy. And I say big three when people want to say big four, but I'm not putting Tobias Harris in their big three because Tobias Harris isn't worthy of being their big three. Like, Tobias Harris is really good, but Tobias Harris is a weird fit with them right now because – I think I said it on a previous podcast. Uh, I don't like Tobias Harris's fit with them because, yes, Tobias Harris can shoot. He can shoot. But Tobias Harris, just like I was talking about that Kyle Corver role earlier, not everyone is built to be in a role like that, to be in a role where they're just um, a catching shooter. They're, they're getting their shots here and there and being the fourth option, especially when you're used to being a 20-point-per-game scorer or a darn near 20-point-per-game score, and you're used to getting a certain amount of shots, 
Now you have James Harden. Yes, James Harden is going to get shots, but he's also an elite playmaker. But you've been seeing Embiid and Maxi like thrive on that more than you have Tobias. Like Tobias gets the ball, he still wants to do a little ISO, try to set his own shot and shot create, and he's a good shot creator. However, with this new team right now with their big three, he's gonna have to like take a backseat and he it's gonna it's gonna be tough. I'm not saying he can't do it. It's just a tough adjustment for a lot of players you see. Like a lot of 20 point per game scorers, it's hard for them to take a backseat and start being like a 10, 15 point per game scorer, but a highly efficient one. Like it's that's a tough job to do. That's why like that's not an irreplaceable skill as much as people want to like replace like role players and stuff like that. It's not an irreplaceable skill. So we're going to see what Tobias Twice Harris can figure this out. This Philly team is going to be even more dangerous. But Tyrese Maxey has been balling like crazy. He had 25. Embiid had 27 and 12. And Harden had 26, 9 and 9. He had almost, like almost a 20-point triple-double. Like, they're going crazy. Three three of them had 20-point games. Like, that's that's... That's not normal. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is a dangerous big three. I know they're talking about this is the era of the big threes, but we haven't been really truly seeing big threes right now. We've been seeing a lot of big twos. You want to, like, like you've been seeing a lot of duo. You see the Miami Heat. People want to say it's a big three. They put Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam there. But they're not really – I wouldn't really consider that an elite big three, even though they're the number one team in the East. I wouldn't call them a, a elite big three. I'd say a big two if that – or, like, uh, like they're successful by committee and stuff like that. Uh, Chicago Bulls, you have DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, the Bucks. You have Chris Middleton and – Giannis, yes, I could also throw Drew Holiday in there too, but Drew Holiday is more on the defensive side, and yes, he can score, but we've seen it be wishy-washy just like Chris Milton. We saw in the playoffs last year, it was wishy-washy, so I don't want to fully throw him in there, but if you want to throw him in there, that's another big three right there, but it's just, I just, I'm not rocking with this big three culture right now, because like I said, I feel like it's more big twos right now, and the Philly having a big three and Tobias Harris as a fourth option. Somebody, even whether you want to put Tyrese Maxey leading the bench unit, which they have been doing a lot, even though he starts, he also is getting his bench. He's been running a lot with the bench unit. Or you want to put Tobias Harris with the bench unit. Either way, you don't lose firepower. You take James Harden and then B, you want to give them a rest. And it's like, okay, you're giving them a rest. Put your bench unit in. But now they got to deal with Tyrese Maxey and uh, Tobias Harris. Like, that's... That's uh, defenses are gonna have a tough time. I w- I'm ready to see what they. I want to fast forward to the playoffs already because you know everybody knows playoff basketball is different. I want to see what they truly can go to and how far they can truly go with this team. Then you got the Rockets and the Jazz. This was this was a strange game because this was this also went into overtime, and this was a this was a dog fight. I was expecting the Jazz to come in here and just dominate the Rockets, but the Rockets had three players put up 20 points, and you had Jalen Green, you know, go, he went out there, put up 27, high, super efficient. You had Christian Wood, he went out there and put up 24-10, and then you also had, um, what's it called, Kenyon Martin Jr. put up 20, and then Kevin Porter Jr. chipped in with 16 and 12, so it was like this young Rockets team, another very exciting team that I love to watch. They went out there and they were hooping and they put made a dog fight against one of the better teams in the league. Like the Utah Jazz are like a top five, top six team in the NBA. And they were out there hooping. Rudy Gobert, 
dominated. He had 27 and 17. I didn't really think he was going to – I didn't really think he was going to dominate offensively like that. I thought he was going to dominate the boards because he's obviously a much better boarder than Christian Ward or Singoon. I felt like he was going to win that matchup, but he dominated even more than I thought he would. Bondanovich had 18. You had Donovan Mitchell went out there and put 37 and 10 up. Even though he shot extremely poorly from the three, he shot four for 14 from the three. He didn't shoot too well, but he still went out there and did what he did. He scored, especially in overtime. He kind of took over and, and just did what he was supposed to do as the number one scoring option. I only watched the overtime part of that one, so I don't want to speak too much on that. Uh, then you have the Kings and the Pelicans. The Pelicans look – Pelicans all right. Pelicans all right. I, I'm not going to lie. I I, I, was, I rocked with the C.J. McCollum trade a bit, but I didn't really think it was going to do anything. I was like, man, this is not going to really make no moves. It wasn't going to make a difference. But I, I'll admit I was wrong. Even though C.J. McCollum didn't go crazy this game and it was Brandon Ingram that went crazy this game, that man only missed four shots. That is crazy. That man had 33, 5, and 6 on 15 or 19 shooting. Golly. And he only went to the free throw line and only shot two free throwers. 33 on four missed shots and only two free throws. Yeah, that man's crazy. Valanciunas had 17 and 14. You had C.J. McCollum. He still, he still chipped in 17. Um... I like what they're doing now that CJ McCollum's here. They're starting to put they they moved Vontae Graham to the bench, which I feel like he's a better six man than a starter. I know they try to replace Lonzo with him, but I don't think Devontae Graham's like that starting caliber point guard you want. I think he does better off of in a six man role, that type of thing. And they had, they've been running CJ at point guard. And CJ did all right. He had nine assists with it. Herb Jones been balling out. I like what they're doing with him. He had 14 and six. And then they're giving Jackson Hayes minutes. And they're not only giving him minutes, they're giving him starter caliber minutes. And they're having him go right alongside Valanciunas, which can work because Valanciunas can space the floor. And I know Jackson Hayes has been working on that part of his game. And I really like Jackson Hayes because he's a super hyper-athletic um big that can is supposed to have defense versatility you can switch and do everything so they're doing this double big thing and i want to see how it works out for them i'm really rocking with that uh the kings have they can still make the playoffs after this a bonus trade but i'm not betting on them too after this game to after this loss tonight the kings are no longer able to get to what's called above 50 above 50 percent like they're they're not they're not they can't have a what's called a winning season this year it's either gonna be if they win out they can have a neutral season but they have a lot of games i don't think they can win out and so it's like they're gonna have an under 500 year which is kind of tough especially after you made that trade to get sabonis to make a win now move and then this year, you're not going to – you're really not in the contention for the playoffs. I mean, you're only four games behind the Pelicans, but I wouldn't bet on the Kings to push up the – even like, okay, yeah, we're four games behind the Pelicans. Even if you squeeze by, then you still have to beat the Lakers, and then you still have to beat either the Timberwolves or the Clippers. And I'm just not really betting on them to do that, so I don't, I don't know. I don't see the Kings making playoffs this year, so they're going to just be in a lottery again. So, like, if you're going to be a lottery team anyway, what was the point of trading Halliburton? I don't know. The Kings are a poverty franchise. You already know how I feel about that. But De'Aaron Fox still went off today. He had 25. Sabonis had 15, 14, and 7. Uh, I like 
I like De'Aaron Fox a lot, but I was talking about it. De'Aaron Fox isn't that point guard you want that's going to be initiating the offense and playmaking and facilitating for others. So I can understand why they have Sabonis because Sabonis is a really, really good passing big, and he's more than likely going to lead this team in assists. After after next season and we see a full season with them, he's more likely going to lead them in assists. And De'Aaron Fox is a really good scoring big, I mean, a really good scoring guard, so it kind of works. You kind of see like a light version of, Jokic and Jamal Murray only were shooters, and you like you see something like that. And like, okay, we can do that. We can we can, we can do something like that, and just have our big man uh, be the focal point of our offense and everything like that. Defensively, they're not going to be the best, but uh, I still we, we, I just I don't want to judge the King. I, I don't think they're going to be good, but I still don't want to judge it until I see a full season. I know it's hard to mesh. We'll see how it goes next year because this year is basically a wrap. Um, you had the Thunder and the Nuggets. The Thunder surprisingly pulled this one off. You how you saw Pokushetsky, he 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 got a start tonight. It, it, it was good. It was good. I saw I saw only um tidbits of this game because I was like I said, I was changing back and forth. But the Thunder were missing quite a few players today. Um Giddy wasn't there, Todd Jerome wasn't there, Mike Muscala wasn't there, um, what's called Kenny Hustle wasn't there. Who else wasn't there? Um, Lou Dort wasn't there. So, and I know to a lot of people, they're like, who cares? Like, they're the Thunder. They're not that good. But those players are, those are key players to this team. Like, Lou Dort is their second option. Um, a lot of those other players, they're, they're, they bring a lot defensively. They bring a lot to this team. So, you need, you need your players like that. So, them getting a win without them is, is kind of crazy. Um, Isaiah Roby, what's called, kind of went crazy. He had 26 and 7. And then Shea, of course, going crazy, 29, 7, and 5. You had Jokic on the other side. He 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 did as much as he could. Jokic didn't have much help today when it comes to the starters. His bench actually came out and played. But starter-wise, they didn't really have no help. Aaron Gordon didn't really give much. Monte Morris didn't give much. Will Barton, none of them really gave him anything Jokic had 26 and um 16 and the next closest starter to him had nine and then eight and then you have what's called though but you have Brent Forrest coming off the bench and he had a good game he had 18 you also had um Bones Highland what's called he came in and he dropped 19 you know he's an instant bucket that's what they that's what they drafted him to be an instant bucket he came in and did his job but this Nuggets team is missing a lot. To lose to a game to the uh, Thunder like this, with them missing a lot of people, I know that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are looking to return soon. We're, we're, we're looking to see them return, but it's still tough to me to see how far this Nuggets team can truly go with Jokic having to carry the weight too much, like this much. Y'all brought Aaron Gordon in to bring help and to try to help him out. I know he was supposed to be a complimentary piece. Like, he's supposed to be the number four option behind those other guys. But we need him to step up. We need these other players to step up in their absence because the Nuggets are the sixth seed, but the only two games ahead of the Timberwolves. And if the Timberwolves go crazy and go on a win streak, it's not out of the realm of possibility for you know, the Nuggets have fallen to the playing area, and that's just a dangerous spot to be, especially when you know the Lakers are going to be in that area, the Pelicans are going to be in that area, and these are teams that can get hot, and for one game, they can beat you for one game. So it's going to be tough. I really don't want Jokic to continue to fall. I need Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to get back healthy soon. 
Um, you had the Suns and the Trailblazers. Now I know the Trailblazers are poverty now, but for the Suns to go in here without Chris Paul or Devin Booker and still win, like they they had Landry Shaman and Cameron Payne starting in their absence, and they just won by committee. It wasn't one person that just did everything. Like DeAndre Ayton had eighteen and eight, but it was kind of like a win by committee. You had Cam Johnson go out there for 20. But the thing I love about the Suns is, again, like I keep saying, win by committee. The person with the most shots on the team was DeAndre Ayton, and he only had 12 shots. But they won by 30. You had you had one player had 12 shots, and they were just distri- distributing, like, the shots everywhere throughout the team. Every You get a shot, you get a shot, you get a shot. And it's just they play good team basketball. And I really like that. The only thing I feel like that holds him back because I'm not saying it's not possible because we saw it back then with the Detroit Pistons, but it's hard to win a championship using this style of play. It's hard to win a championship where you don't have like a legit just superstar number one option. Like Chris Paul is cool, but he's not that scoring superstar and he's not in his youth. So like, yeah, Chris Paul can control the game. But Chris Paul is not going to be like, dang, game seven, I got to go out there and do get 40. Devin Booker has the capability of doing it, but we just have to see him do it. Like, he, he's young. We just got to see him come out here and just do it. So that's going to be interesting. I don't know. Like, I see the Suns don't get a lot of respect in the league. They're kind of like the Utah Jazz. Like, you're going to win, but you don't get true, like, true respect. Like, people don't actually see you as a championship contender. They're like, yeah, you're cool. But we don't really see you winning the championship. Like you're like it's okay or whatever. So I just I just want to see how that goes. On the other end, you had the Trailblazers. Like I said, they're kind of poverty right now. I wanted to see more from Simons. Uh, he didn't really do much this game. He finally, I mean, he has been balling out. So it was, it makes sense for him to finally have like a quiet game. He's basically the only player on that team I really have interest in. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. Like Elijah Hughes is cool. Josh Hart, cool. Eubanks, cool, but not enough to where I'm like, yeah, I want to go watch them play. Like, I know I hyped up the Greg Brown, the rookie, and he's just not doing it. I know he's going to be a project. So playing him like this, it's good to see him out there, but he's not going to really contribute enough right now at this moment. But the last game I want to talk about is the Miami Heat Bucks game. Whew. What a thriller that was. Tyler Hero went crazy. He had 30. He was going crazy up until the end of the game where he had some costly mistakes. Bam was doing really well, and P.J. Tucker was doing really well in Giannis. They made him struggle early. They made him struggle quite a bit. Like, Giannis, yes, if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, what do you blah, blah, blah. Giannis had 28 and 17. How is he struggling? If you watched that game, you saw Giannis struggling. They were doubling him. They were tripling him. He was very, it was very tough for him to get a, a basket. He shot under 50%, which isn't usual for Giannis. Like he, he struggled big time going in this game. And that's fine. That's what you, it's, it's the kind of defense you want to play. Like the Miami Heat are supposed to be a good defensive team. So making Giannis struggle is fine. But they had, they, that's where they relied on their guard play. Like, Drew Holiday went out there and got 25 and 11. Chris Middleton went out there and got 26. 
Bobby Portis went out there and got 15. And I know a lot of Bucks Twitter was getting upset because they were like, Bobby Portis is shooting too much there. He's doing too much. But Bobby Portis had to do it, what he had to do because Giannis is getting double, triple team. And the Bucks went down. They the Bucks had a nice little uh man, a little moment where they couldn't score for nothing. They couldn't, man. Then that little fourth quarter, like last five minutes, they were struck or the first five minutes of the first fourth quarter, they were struggling. Like the Heat were the Heat were clamping them up. The Heat, they were just staying under a hundred points. And I was like, dang, the Heat went on a nice run. And out of nowhere, the Bucks started going off. They started going crazy. It's like, okay, they're making a comeback, they're making a comeback. And then it's like they this was the Heat's game to lose. The Heat made too many mistakes at the end. Because if I remember correctly, it was at the end of the game, uh you there was a turnover. They were doubling because they had scored. They were doubling. Uh I think it was Tyler Hero. That was a constant mistake I remember Tyler Hero doing. Tyler Hero turned the ball over. Chris Middleton just walks down the court. Hits the three, and like nobody picks him up in transition. I I I think what, what was the score? Um, I think they were down four. Yeah, I think yeah, because the game. Yeah, so they were down four. Tyler Hero turns the ball over in the double team. Chris Milton pulls up the ball. Every they play the paint. Like Jimmy Butler is guarding. He like he he like semi picks up Chris Milton, but he's also trying to guard the cut, which makes sense because he's trying to guard all the options on the fast break. But the thing you need to do is stop the ball, stop the three, let them have the layup because you're still up two at that moment. So he tries to, he tries to play the passing lane, tries to play for the paint, and then Chris Milton just stops and pops a three on the fast break because he's not getting guarded. Now it's a one point game. They go in, um, what's called, they call a timeout. They come in, they they do an inbound pass. And then what's called Jimmy Butler, I mean, Giannis forces a jump ball with Jimmy Butler off the inbound pass. They're like, okay, well, now we have Giannis and Jimmy Butler in a jump ball situation with like nine seconds left in the game. Like nobody wants this. And so they got the ball. The Heat players all rushed back, and Drew Holiday literally just walked the ball up the court, and then just bodies. What's got Who was? It? I think it was Gabe Vincent. I think it was Gabe Vincent. He bodies Gabe Vincent and just shoots the layup right over him for the game winner, and it was just that easy. That elite defense they had just crumbled at the end of the game, and what makes me more mad? They shouldn't have lost this game. They shouldn't have lost this game, but it was just too many mistakes at the end on their part. Like, this was self-inflicted, and they just they they choked the game away. And that max player they have, Jimmy Butler, I know I was upset because I think the stat said Jimmy Butler didn't score for the last, like, 36 minutes. I think it was, like, the last 36 minutes, Jimmy Butler went without a score. That is disgusting. How can your superstar player go 36 minutes? It was Oh, to be exact, it was 36 minutes, 19 seconds. He went scoreless. He didn't score the last 36 minutes and 19 seconds of the game. That's crazy. He had six points on two of 14 shooting, two for two from the free throw line. It's just he wasn't being aggressive. Drew Holiday erased Jimmy Butler this game, especially in that fourth quarter. I think Jimmy Butler only took one shot. Drew Holiday had that man in prison. And Drew, I know Jimmy Butler likes to, you know, he couldn't put the ball on the floor because Drew, like, Drew Holiday is good there. He's keeping up with him. He can't body him because Drew Holiday is solid. 
and it just was spooky season. And that is the biggest problem with this Miami Heat team is their offensive side of the ball. No one disrespects their defensive side. Their defensive side is elite, and they are really good. But who creates offensively for them? Jimmy Butler isn't a legit number one. I know Tyler Hero's trying to come into his own, and Tyler Hero can score the ball. But I don't think he's ready yet to be the number one option. Like He had 30 tonight, but they still lost. Because, like, you take that. You're like, we'll let Tyler Hero be their scorer. But your number one option over here, we're not going to let him do it. Bam is still trying to expand his game. He, he shot a couple mid-range shots this game, but he's not to where he's going to be your number one scorer. The Heat don't have that number one score, and that's what kills them right there. These defensive teams, like, if I had to take three defensive teams, like, like similar to the Heat, I would take the Heat, the Celtics, and the Cavs. That's the three teams I think of. The Heat don't have that number one option offensively. The Cavs you see them struggle when Darius Garland doesn't play well. So the Cavs is basically, we all rely on defense, and then Darius Garland is going to create all the offense for us. So they're missing Colin Sexton a lot. If Darius Garland doesn't play well, or he has an off night, or if he's out for the game, you can, or he's off the court or whatever, you can notice, like, it's noticeably bad how bad the offense falls off. Because, like, you don't have a shot creator outside of that. You have a bunch of young guys who can become shot creators and young guys who can score and come into their own scoring. But it's like the, it's tough the way they have to score. They have to work so hard. It's like having a shot creator, an elite scorer, and an elite playmaker just to make life easier for you. That's you can't beat that. So that Cavs team, when you see Darius Garland not on the floor, like he comes out of the game, it's like, dang, they can't score now. Same thing with the Celtics. They put all the offensive responsibility on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If those two aren't hooping, the offense, like the team crumbles because it's like they have to score and create everything offensively, and everybody else is just playing defense. And these three teams have these identities, and it's like I understand it because in the – in the playoffs, it's like, okay, it's going to be gritty basketball. It's half-court basketball. Play defense. And those defensive teams thrive. However, I still feel like we you can't just eat, not focus on offense at all. And they're not – I don't think these three teams are balanced enough to be legit contenders in the East at the moment. Even though the Miami Heat are the number one seed, I don't feel like they're legit in a way to make a championship run. Chicago Bulls, same way. Uh, they got – they're, except for it's on the opposite end. They're all offensively. Yeah, you have Lonzo and Caruso, and they do bring a lot of defense. You notice that defense fall off when they weren't there. But they don't have that paint presence. It's just a lot of – there's a lot of flaws in this Eastern Conference right now. That's why I'm really thinking that the – I think it's the 76ers championship to lose coming out of the East because I think they're the most well-balanced. And then on the other side – I think it's the Warriors who are the most well-balanced when they're healthy team in the West. Like, the Phoenix Suns are cool, and I can see them making a run if the Warriors can't get fully healthy. But I think this is basically a 76ers Phoenix Suns, not Phoenix Suns, um, 76ers Golden State Warriors uh, year. And it's going to be a championship between them two. And But anyways, this guys, this has been another episode of the Athletes Podcast. This was uh, this episode was all over the place because I'm trying to cover all the games. I'm still trying to figure everything out how I'm going to do this. Because like I said, he's going to be trying to do these daily ones. I don't know. I might just, instead of trying to cover so many teams, so that when I try to cover so many teams like this, I can only 
be on a certain team for a certain amount of times. Like, dang, I wish I could have talked more about this team, but I got to cut it short because I got to make room for all these teams. Maybe I'll just focus on like three or four teams and focus on those main teams. Or maybe I'll just stick it like this. We'll figure it out as we go. But again, thank you for watching. This has been another episode of Ask Geek's uh, Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out.